Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Legit, too legit to quit. Hey, hey, too legit. And we're back, everybody, for the MVM show. I'm Titus. We are pumping out. I hope you guys loved that song, our new song in collaboration with Slate Boy. Music for the duck blind, music to pump in the truck, scouting, music to head out to the duck hunt, music to come home after a successful duck hunt. Like I said, go listen to it, download it, it go to Slade Boy, S-L-A-D-E-B-O-Y-Y on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, go download the song Heavy Shot, that is a collaboration song with us, he's got other music too, you might like, you can check him out, but that is specific to us, and we got more coming, I can't wait to show you guys, oh I'm pumped, That that playing that song just gets me hyped so we're gonna answer this is the third uh podcast answering questions and here we go the next one is i uh this is from g g a l e a underscore 1998 says i know waterfowl is your meat and potatoes but any plans for archery slash big game hunting yes i'm glad you asked I was actually going to go elk hunting to Oregon with my dad and brother, but uh, the schedules did not work out right. It would be archery, elk hunting in the rut, and uh, been that's actually, I've done that longer. Well, well now I've done kind of longer than I've elk hunted, but not long ago, I couldn't say that. it was. I basically started out elk hunting young, like five years old, six years old, elk and deer hunting, Done that for years, and about around when I was 19, I got so heavy into waterfowl when I started when I was 16 that by the time I was 19, I was just almost more focused on waterfowl. And I still do like to big game hunt, and I do. And I've killed deer and stuff with my bow and all that stuff. As you can see over there, that was actually rifle. If you see the buck on the left. But anyways, um, I will be getting my archery tag. I did, California... I'm putting in for some specific zones, <coughs> but they'll take years to draw. So I'd rather wait and wait and wait. Since it's not my meat and potatoes, be patient. 
hold off for really good tag, it may take eight to 10 years, and then go, you know, in a zone that I want to. Because a lot of the other places that I'm local to are just garbage for deer hunting. Um, but uh, this year, I will begin my archery only tag. I did last year too, deer hunted a few times, didn't have a chance to shoot at a buck that I wanted. This year might be, there's a good chance I could get a, a good buck. Not like, I shouldn't even say good, just a decent one. Little California buck. But to do with my bow, I've done whitetail and I've only killed a doe basically just for the meat. So I've never killed, have I? Yeah, I don't think I've killed a buck with my bow. Nor a mule deer with my bow. So that would be a cool accomplishment. I'm buying a tag. I got some places. I think there's a good chance. So that is what I'm doing this year. So asking for big game. Um, also, hopefully we're going to be, well, we should be, I've killed, you know, I've killed bear, deer, mule deer, whitetail. Uh, what else have I killed? I mean, pig, we go pig hunt. That's not really big game though. But um, we are playing a, a caribou hunt, me and my dad Thomas to Alaska. We were supposed to go this year. In fact, I think we, we were set to go at the end of September. No, end of August. But that got moved um, for reasons. So I think we're rescheduled to 2025. That's unfortunate because canceling with those guys that we were going with, I think it's Arrowhead. No, was it Arrowhead? Creek Outfitters, I think something like that, to go get caribou for all three of us. Um, and they have decent ones too, for sure. I, I just haven't been to Alaska, and I want to go so bad. So that's part of the excitement is going to Alaska, let alone get a caribou too. So that's on the burner. That'll be next year. Other than that, I don't have a ton of plans outside of that. For big game, I just got – I'm just a bird brain, man. I'm just a bird brain. So I can't help myself on that. All right. Um, let's move on to the next question. Let's see here. Uh, okay, here's a good one. Thule in the Thule's asked, if anything, what do you use to warm your hands up while duck hunting? I'm kind of a weirdo, kind of a freak when it comes to cold hands. I honestly don't hardly get them. Um, the first time... And I and I say that because a lot of places I'm I'm gonna call mild, right? Is mild temps. Um, until I get down to about below ten degrees, like five degrees. Once I hit that five degree mark, that's when I start having my hands start hurting, my fingertips start aching and tingling, going numb and all that stuff. Anything over ten degrees, honestly, I don't really wear gloves. I don't. It, I just I don't know why. I put my hands in my pockets is enough. Does I mean they get cold, but it doesn't like bother me. Like where oh my hands hurt so bad. Like I tell they're cold. Thomas says I'm a weirdo because his hands get cold and stuff. And most people I hunt with say the same thing. But I don't know. I think this is my theory. My theory is the older you get, the more your hands and your nerves and your hands can just get worn down and beat up. And the cold and the elements don't affect it as much. That's what I think. Because I do remember when I was a lot younger that my my hands would get cold and stuff. Like when I was real, like in my teens. But honestly, no, it just, it just doesn't bother me. Like people are 
getting cold hands. It's 30 degrees outside. And I'm like, how? I don't know how your hands are cold. I don't know. It just doesn't. That's just me, though. And I know that's kind of weird. But let me throw this out there. If you never heard of it, grab. It's cheap. Get Go to Costco or order it on Amazon, Hot Hands. Um, that's a great, great little deal. I actually used that. Where was I when I used that? I've never actually ever used those. And they've been around for years and I've known about them, but I just don't need them. Well, we were somewhere. Where were we when I went? Oh, I think it's when we took my pastor hunting. I want to make sure he stayed warm. So I got some for him and he was using them for sure. And uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to try these out. My hands were cold. I mean, they weren't hurting like I had to have it, but I just did it. And I was like, okay. I guess I wouldn't mind having the, these around, <laughs> you know, when it's cold. Like, why? I mean, I don't feel like I'm suffering, but I'm, I would say I'm uncomfortable. So why be uncomfortable when you can be comfortable? The only problem is in my mind is you get warm your hands up and then you take it out, touch your cold gun. I feel like it just makes it worse. It makes it feel colder. Whereas if you just stay cold, your hands stay cold. Temperature wise, you don't notice those extreme changes warmer you know warmer cold so i don't know that's my opinion but that's what i would grab i'd grab hot hands they also have hot hands for your feet so it goes in at the bottom of your like foot towards the middle of your art from your arch forward to your toes and it goes on against your sock and it sticks to your sock and i've heard really really good things about those now that's one thing i will say I think because I'm moving a lot, duck hunting, that I don't even have a chance to get cold. You're working a dog, you're getting ducks, you're moving around, you're calling, moving your hands. But I'll tell you what, the coldest times I've ever been, for sure, was sitting there glassing, hunting big game, or uh, just just sitting there forever. It's just sitting, 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 like in a deer stand. That's where I would 100% be using hot hands and the things on my feet and all that stuff. I Sitting there just kills me. I mean, within one hour, you're starting to freeze. And actually, that being said, duck hunting, when you get to the spot really early and you got to wait a while, you know, two, three hours, um, basically, that I will start to see myself getting cold because you're sitting on the cold ground or on a boat or wherever, and you just you just start cooling down. So, lack of movement. Um, oh, yeah, so the big game thing, that's definitely, I feel like I always got colder more doing that. So that's, if there, if there's a place where you can build a fire, which it just really depends on where you hunt and what's available to you. Um, Caleb, Caleb S. Paul said, Hey Titus, what would be your top refuges to hunt in California and future ones on the list? Okay. So on this one, um, I'm not, I'm not gonna really say my favorite ones. I really don't have, I know you're not going to believe me when I say this. I, I don't think anybody believes me when I say this. I really don't have a favorite refuge. I have some that I frequent more, but do you, I'm not going to say that on a podcast. <laughs> Just not going to do it. A lot of you see me out hunting anyways, said hi to a lot of you guys that are locals, you know, but, um, and it's only more because convenience and where I live. Um, I will tell you where I'm going to go and where I would like to go in California. Um, for my top refuges, I would just say the time of year. You know, I pay attention to the seasons and the time of year, and I look at the bird numbers and see, okay, this on average, 
these refuges do really good in the early season. These do good midway, and these do really good at the end. And that's how I kind of base my hunting on. As far as future ones that I want to go to, I've been putting in for Kern for so long, and I still I literally I want to say I've been I have records on Fishing Game site for fourteen years, thirteen years. Never got drawn, but the odds are like one and three or four hundred. I mean, back then it used to be in the one and one hundred fifty, one and two hundred. When I first started, now it's like pff, I think I looked a month ago at the numbers from last year, and I was like, my lord, I'm never gonna draw. Like it's one in three or four hundred. Stupid. I like to go to Kern, and I know I don't have to get a resi to go there. I just to make the effort and the drive, not knowing if you can get in, whatever. I just kind of want to wait. Um, I like to go to Worcester at some point. Really haven't been to a lot of Southern California refuges. Um, another one. Let me think here. I think I've been to about all of them. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, and when I say that, I'm joking because there's so many refuges. And there's A and B, type A, type B, type C refuges. A being the ones that are really managed and have a check station, all that stuff. B, they're not really managed so much, but they take care of the roads and this and that. And you got a box there to drop your stuff off. How many birds you harvest in? Then C is just like no management at all. But uh, so I definitely haven't been to all the C's for sure. I think I've been to most of the B's and most of the A's, except for Southern California. Um, man. And you're trying to think. Uh, you know what? I've never been. I've never been to Sutter. Um, I have not been to Sutter, and I know Sutter's really good. Thomas drew a Sutter resi four or five years ago. We were stoked out of our minds. It took us forever. I still haven't gotten drawn from there. And a week before we were going, it rained so much, it flooded that place out. And they're like one of the first ones up in Sac Valley to close down. We wanted to cry, man, because it was like low. It was like a three or something. I don't remember. It was so low. It was going to be so good. And they canceled it, and uh, we ended up not being able to go there and hunt locally. But, yeah, Sutter is on the list for sure. I mean, like I said, any of these, you can go hunt the afternoon if you want and go up there and take your chance and lottery and all that stuff. But I'm just talking about getting drawn and going there. So especially when you're new to it. Okay, let's move on to the next question. Need to drink more of this NOS. My eyes are getting a little heavy. Here's a good one from Christian Six Blackwell. He says starter semi-auto shotgun, also chamber in three or three and a half inches. That's a great question. I remember seeing this before. Write this down. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. 
Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com um, Okay. The um, starter semi-auto shotgun. Um, let me look this up real quick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I like to verify what I'm gonna say things before I say it. And of course, my internet is slow. Is I don't know what. Why does it do this every time I'm on podcast? Oh, cool. Cool. It's not even working. Why is it not working? Come on. Um, I want to say the name of this name of this gun, but I want to make sure it's right. If I can spell, okay. All right. Well, what I was gonna say is the Remington eight seventy. Okay, so you can get the pump. Um. And that's just such a good gun. It's so stinking tough. You, it's cheap. That's the biggest thing. And it's reliable and durable. Like, it's going to last you forever. Those two reasons alone are the best reason to buy a shotgun, in my opinion. They're a little heavier. Yeah, you could say a little, few little things about them. Ooh, excuse me. But, um, I'm just telling you right now, it's... It's the gun of choice. It's so tough. So tough. It's a great waterfowling gun. It has been for years. You know, like the only drawback, like I said, is just a little heavy. That's it. Um, but we got the... I'm on their site right now. So here we go. Here's... So they... You said semi-automatic. So they have a pump, but they also have a semi-automatic. And it's a Model 870 Film Master Synthetic. Um... Let me look through these other ones real quick. Oh, right here. I guess it's a new... Well, it says new image. I don't think the gun's new, but it's a Model 870 SPS Super Magnum Waterfowl Gun. That sounds sick. Um, let's just pull up the 870 Fieldmaster Synthetic. Okay. Great looking gun. Very, 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 very affordable pricing. Um... Let's go back to the top. It says silky smooth action, twin action bars prevent binding and twisting so that you'll always have the chance to get off a second shot. Properly dressed for the hunt and not for the wall. Each shotgun supports non-reflective black matte metal work and no frills, laminate stock, and four end. Um, Model 870 has been the standard for slide action performance more than 60 years. It has a new black synthetic stock and four end. Uh, face comb inserts are interchangeable with the 870 side folder. Um, it shoots two and three quarter to three inch, or if you buy the three and a half inch, which we'll get to that in a second, why I don't think you should get three and a half inch. Um, improved twin action bars prevent binding and twisting for maximum strength, reliability, and silky, silky smooth cycle of operation. 
Yeah, this this gun is sick, man. This is the gun to get, especially if you want to save money and you want a reliable gun. Look no further. Model 870 Film Master Synthetic. I'm going to look how much this gun is. I want to save price because I think I know what it is, but that might just be because Remington 870 Field Master Master Synthetic. Okay. Read some of this other stuff. See what the cost is on this thing. It says it retails for six hundred bucks, and um, it says it says Cabela's actually has it for five hundred bucks. So yeah, five to six hundred bucks. I think the Browning eight seventy is like four hundred bucks. So to get the synthetic semi-automatic is. Five to six hundred bucks. That's a steal for a gun that good and well known. Um, now let's jump over to the why not three and a half because I said that. Get three inch. I promise you, just get a three inch gun. You do not need three and a half. Some people are not gonna like me saying that. They're gonna get mad and say, "What about turkey?" Or, "What about um, geese?" And, "What about you know being on the east coast and they're." Thicker and you got you need to shoot three and a half inch shells. You do not need them. If you're that if you're that worried about it, just buy heavy bismuth. I mean, because the amount you're gonna spend on three and a half inch shells and the kick to boot. Why? Why do that? Like, there's absolutely no point. We shoot three inch. I don't even think we need to do that, to be honest with you. And I thought I told Tom's I'm thinking about Switching everything over to two and three quarters, honestly, because I, you know, I don't know. It's just, I guess there's not a good reason for it. There's, if it works, why change it? But that could be said about two and three quarters. Why, why, why did we go to three inch if two and three quarters worked? You know, so that's a question I just have to ask myself and decide. <clears throat> I mean, I'm not trying to go as little as pellets or BBs are shot as I can. To kill something, it's just, man, it, you know, it kicks less. You can regain sight of your target quicker without less recoil for two and three quarter. And that's what I used for years until I switched to finally three inches, you know. So, anyways, that's why um, I'm a big advocate on that Delta Waterfowl, I'm sorry, California Waterfowl, survey that they did i said yes three and a half and there's a lot of people aren't gonna like this because i last time i said this there was a bunch of comments but i voted no three and a half inch cells on a refuge see now let me remind you of something for the younger guys that think they need those three and a half inch shells and you say oh because it's snow geese or geese or whatever three inches works fine unless you're trying to shoot them at 60 yards bottom line that's why I know guys don't like hearing that because they want to take their 60, 70, 80 yard shots at geese. Do Should we really be shooting at them? I mean, that's your prerogative, dude, if you want. I'm not saying you shouldn't or I'm saying you're wrong. But at the same time, why? Why, why, why do we need to do that? Like, if you're not getting them in and bringing them down, you know, like, man, guys, I'm, you know, 60, 80 yards is a long ways. I don't, I don't really understand the point of consistently shooting at those distances because there's no other reason to want three and a half inch shells in my opinion guys are <clears throat> this it's just one guy specifically said oh you don't know you don't know how thick an eastern northeastern honkers down is 
It's like, okay, I can imagine I haven't been on the northeast corner of the United States, but I've been up north where it's freezing cold, more almost in the northeast. And folding, folding geese at 30, 40 yards with heavy metal in the middle of winter at, with three-inch shells. Did not need three-and-a-half-inch shells, bottom line. You don't need it. Do you want to shoot it? You want to beat your arm up? Go for it. It's your prerogative. But someone's asking me here an honest question, three-inch or three-and-a-half. So I thought it was a good time for me to get my rant out about that. I said no. We don't need three and a half inch shells on California refuges. If I don't even know if that's where you're from, but um, which they still allow it. But what I was going to say earlier was, is see if you you're too young to remember anybody listening to this. They used to allow ten gauge shotguns, and then they banned those, and people were in a big uproar about that. Well, guess what? Everybody still kills ducks. How is that possible now that we don't have ten gauge? Because it's overkill. It's loud. It stirs birds up half a mile, a mile away when those shots go off. Guys, I've been on the north side of a refuge and heard a shot on the very south side, and it flared birds that were coming into my spread because it's so cotton-picking loud. It's not necessary. It's not necessary. So should we go down, everybody go down to 20-gauge? No, I'm not saying that. I mean, 12 is plenty. It's still, even then, that still flares birds and scares birds. And some of those 12s, I hear people shooting them like, my Lord, son, what do you have in that thing? It sounds, anybody that's hunting California on a refuge, you will 100% agree with me this, whether you like me or not. Sometimes it sounds like there's actual cannons being shot on the refuge. Literally, it it sounds like that. Like, it sounds like a literal cannon. I don't know what in the world they're shooting, what ammo they're shooting out of their gun. It's unbelievable. And you're never going to get a bird to work in that refuge with that. That's why a lot of private clubs go down to 28 to 20 gauge shotguns because it don't spook birds all over the place and gives everybody a chance to work birds. Think about it. I'm going to, I'm going to end on that note. I think that's, I think that's a good place. I mean, I can look and see if there's anything I can do quickly, but. Oh, like, well, this kind of goes along with it. Let me. Let me answer this one. This uh, The guy's name is, this is Johnny Lee. He said, can you still shoot ducks with a 26-inch barrel? Absolutely. That's what my 20-gauge is. My 20-gauge is a 26-inch barrel, and I love it. Like, I'm so glad on my 20-gauge I do not have a 28-inch 28 28-inch barrel. Now, on my 12, I do. It feels right. It feels normal. It feels good. I got a 26 because they didn't have a 28 because I wanted it. But now that I got it, I'm like, oh, man, I'm so glad they didn't have it. Because I have a Franke Affinity Elite 3, which is a 3-inch, 20-gauge, 26-inch barrel. Money. Perfect length for that size and light of gun. Now, I bought that 28-gauge. Um, and don't ask me why I did this. I don't. I think I forgot my 20-gauge was a 26-inch barrel. But I went with... Um, I went with a 28-inch on my 28 gauge and I don't really like it. Like I like the gun. I shoot good with it. I shoot accurately with it. My shoot shooting percentage is really good, but I honestly it just for as little and as light as it is, it just has like looks like I have this long stick sticking way out there and I'm like this is too long. Now, I that being said, I made some shots with that thing that I was one specifically, not nothing 
consistent basis. But that I don't think if I, I wonder if I had that long of a barrel, if I would have made the shot that I did. But that was literally just for one time, one specific thing. So I don't know. But anyways, yes, 26 is great. For a 28 gauge, uh, 28 gauge. For a 12 gauge, even then it's fine. My buddy swears up and down and only shoots 26 inch barrels. Even with this 12 gauge, he loves it. And I do feel like it almost could swing. It feels like it swings better. But sometimes, again, when you have a heavy load, you know, heavier load, it can bring more stability too. So, anyways, just to answer that last question, I think this was a good, definitely a good episode. And your questions, your guys' questions are killer. I think they're great, great topics, great questions. And I think these questions will help a lot of other people that thought them too, just to write in. So, hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you on the next one. <laughs> <laughs>